start our 100th episode with this this is i can't cry at the beginning this song this song hits me right in the heartstrings craig i i i'm not ready for this catharsis so early i want to rock now that is more like it It is another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me as always, our esteemed news editor, Mr. Anderson. James Anderson. James, how are you? Craig, I'm doing well. It's an honor to be with you today on the 100th, not anniversary, the 100th installment of our beloved podcast. Craig, did you ever think you'd make it to this point? It, it is amazing. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, we've been doing this. Well, I was doing this with Kevin for about three and a half years. You and I are coming up on a year now here. It's been awesome. But let me let me give you a little trivia here. Have you heard of the shows Cavemen, Coupling, Hank, or Selfie? That is a long name for a TV show, Craig. I have not seen Cavemen Coupling Hank and Selfie. Who who makes that yeah, show? Actually, actually, those are four different shows. Oh. Uh, and I, I bring those up because they are all from the past 10 or 15 years uh, on, I believe, network television. And oh. none of them made it past about four episodes. So look at us, 100 and still going eh, strong. You know, Craig, I think I think we've uh, not only survived, but I think we've thrived. And, Ooh. you know, you can take a look at the great guests we've had on this podcast and feel like uh, we're getting those bigger and bigger names as this podcast gets a brighter light shown upon it. So things are only looking up from here. Uh, well put, well put, my friend. And talking about guests, yes, we do have great channel guests, uh, and we're going to talk more about those in a minute. But uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, we've got some celebrities lined up for our B block coming up after our first interview. We're going to hear from some big names in entertainment. You're, you're going to like this. And I haven't uh, given you a heads up on what you're about to hear. So this is going to be uh, just as fresh for you as it is the Casties. Oh, boy. I hope it's Rob Schneider. Is it Rob Schneider? Sting! Der <laughs> Stinglehofer! Making copies, the McStingster. <laughs> uh, last time, I believe you were excited at the possibility of Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, now it's Rob Schneider. I mean, you, you're kind of all over the map. What, yeah, what, well, you'll I mean, just Rob, have to wait and see. I mean, Rob Schneider and Kiefer Sutherland are historically, you know, typecast into the same role. They're pretty much the same <laughs> person, I would say. <laughs> yes, you don't spend a lot of time watching TV and movies, do you? Um, um, not particularly. <laughs> um, uh, but who, right. but who, who are these people, Craig? I, I want to oh, know. 
I, I'm not going to give anything away until until we get there, uh, my friend. You're, you're just going to have to stick around, which is kind of your job since you're the co-host of this podcast. I'll do your bidding. All right. But first, we've got some uh, business to take care of. Uh, we do want our loyal casties to stick around for those celebrity cameos. And, and let me tell you, getting them to do our show, even as big as we have become, was no small feat. But... We built this podcast series on the back of our big name channel guests, and today is no different. That's right, Craig. First up, we've got Chris Jones, the chief revenue officer at Fuse, and he's going to talk about the company's partner first initiative and the challenge of playing in a very ultra competitive UCAS market. We're also somehow going to get into a conversation about Elvis and college basketball. So much to look forward to. Oh, a little bit of everything there. We're nothing if not multi-dimensional, James. And, you know, he was a really good sport for rolling with those questions. So looking forward to that. Uh, then later, this is a big name also worthy of our 100th episode. We're talking about Joyce Mullen. Most of our loyal casties know her from her days as the Dell Channel Chief. Now she is North American president at one of the biggest partners on the planet. Talking about Insight Enterprises uh, right here in my backyard in the Phoenix area. Craig, with those two premier channel guests and the celebrities that are coming up, I, I dare say this is the biggest blockbuster of a podcast we've ever done. Well, that very well could be, uh, aside, of course, from the podcast that Kevin and I did about three years ago that almost literally was a blockbuster, the one that featured all those silly movie trailers. Once in a generation, an everyman's hero emerges from out of nowhere to take on his rivals in the podcasting world. This generation, there are two. Hey, Kevin, who'd you line up as our guest for this week? Wait, what? I thought you were doing it. Are you kidding me? Craig, I'm not going to lie. That was a masterpiece that you and Kevin made. I like, <laughs> was there like a spy film? There's rom-com. It was some good stuff. So that was that was true artistry. And three years ago, I mean, you were like just getting out of high school then. Were, were you still listening to the podcast? No, I was uh, you know, no, sitting in a high chair and being fed applesauce. Um, I've come a long way. Uh, indeed you have. Uh, so some other business to take care of is this. Uh, last week we told you about the agenda coming together for the big Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Homecoming! Event. Uh, we are excited indeed. We just touched on a couple of names last week. Uh, James, you want to throw out a few more names and some sessions uh, that are coming together? Uh, yeah, I would. We have an amazing first-of-its-kind panel of CIOs called mm -hmm. Everything Your Customers Won't Tell You. That's a that's a pretty good. That's a pretty intriguing hook. It is. We, it is. It's kind of like me not telling you the celebrity guests we've got coming up. It's, it's, it hooks you. It's exactly like that, except we do have a few hints. We've booked the CIO from a big name in tech, namely Zoom, mm. and also CIOs from some of the biggest names in Vegas, where the show is going to be, the, the oh. MGM Resort and Seminole Hard Rock. Ooh, wow, that's good stuff. Uh, one more, James, the CIO from the Las Vegas Raiders. Channeling my Chris Berman there. Uh, and not uh, very well. He could go all the Wait, is that Chris Berman? It could go all the way. Circle the wagons. Doink, doink. The tears of McCown. Yeah, yes. Well, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. 
fumble and that's him, right? I think that's Chris. Yeah, Burn. Yes, yes. You pretty much Burn? covered most of his catchphrases right there. Right. Good old Chris. Oh, wait, you know, Craig, you actually had him on a podcast a few years ago, didn't you? We did indeed. Uh, he was here for the Planet One year-end event in Scottsdale, and uh, we got him. Boomer, how are you? I'm great. It's fun to be out in Arizona here in November. Those are good times. All right, Craig, what have you got for the agenda? Well, I'm looking at our first ever MSP Summit. Uh, this runs concurrently uh, with CP Expo, uh, the first part of it, November 1st and 2nd. You know, I can't really just pick one session from that, but uh, I think the MSP Masterminds keynote uh, featuring some of the brightest minds in the MSP world is going to be red hot. We're in the process of finalizing that panel. Uh, it might be live on the site, actually, by the time you hear this, but I can assure you there will be some household names on it. Household, at least for a, a partner or vendor in the channel, which is you, our loyal Casty, I would assume unless you're my mom or dad, but I don't think they're listening. Actually, I'm not even sure they know I have a podcast. Yeah, I don't know if you want to break that to them, Craig. Uh, um, I I do not tell all of my friends that uh, I'm on a B2B2B technology podcast. I, <laughs> I know they, a lot of them want to watch it, want to listen to it to like show their support, but like I just can't, when I see their eyes glaze up when we mention <laughs> telecom expense mm. management, <laughs> like, I can't bear that face, and I, I would kind of want to save you from that face. But We love those 10 providers, though, I tell you. Oh, they're good. They're, they're some good ones. But anyway, back to this agenda. There is an amazing lineup of speakers that's going to cater to, you know, any type of partner profile from telecom agents to MSPs to VARs, all of them. And in, in addition to that, we're going to welcome back to the stage fan favorites, Janet Shines, Tiffany Bova, Jay McBain, executives from vendors, tech distributors, and all partner businesses. It's going to be an extravaganza of behemoth proportions. And it's just a little more than three months away. Right you are, Craig. I'm telling you, I just can't wait for the show. And I can't wait for those little celebrity cameos that are just a few minutes away. But first, we pick the brain of a channel celebrity. Ooh. All right, James, really happy to welcome into the coffee house, Chris Jones. Chris is the chief revenue officer with Fuse. Chris, you've just been on the job for a few months now. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I wanted to touch on was this uh, Partner First initiative that you guys just unveiled. Uh, my my initial thought is, you know, doesn't every company that works in the channel promise to be uh, Partner First? What uh, separates this announcement? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the, the concept of partner first really encapsulates, you know, what I'd say our overall goal of embedding partners in everything that we do, you know, with the goal of ultimately increasing Fuse's penetration in the market. It's a integral part of uh, our global partner program and really places focus with Fuse in investment in uh, three primary areas. One is Partners who have a longstanding relationship with customers developed over years of their investment into accounts. Uh, second is partners committed on driving customer value and digital transformation efforts, of which we're seeing a tremendous amount of that happening in the market. And then, um, you know, lastly, partners who have a deep understanding of customers' environment, business, supporting risk mitigation, accelerating time to value. You know, I always like to say I've had a, uh, a long history in uh, the partner community over the many years I've served in technology, and I'm a true believer that 
when you can truly form collaborative relationships with partners, it really creates a tremendous opportunity to scale not only your business, but build even greater value for the partner's business. Chris, uh, this is such a competitive space, uh, the UCAS market. Could you talk about where specifically Fuse focuses and kind of how are you looking at this opportunity? You know, it's a, it's a rather untapped market in terms of some of these numbers on on market penetration. Where is uh, Fuse looking to divide and conquer? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, it is a competitive marketplace. And the way I always like to look at something like that is I think it reaffirms just how important this space overall is in the market today. With regard to Fuse, we are purely enterprise focused, uh, meaning we ensure that we deliver not only the products that are enterprise class, but the service and support that enterprises, quite honestly, demand. You know, this includes the ability for large scale enterprise deployments, enterprise class security, and we all see what's happening in that world in uh, the area of security, self-service analytics, um, combining these with our ability to really roll out these major large scale enterprise deployments. This has ultimately led to CSAT scores that are some of the highest in the industry. Yeah, a couple other things that uh, you know we pride ourselves on is you know we we've built our solution as 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 really a platform, a platform that allows for seamless integration into other enterprise collaboration tools such as Microsoft Teams, Slack, et cetera, allowing enterprise customers to build UCAS into these tools and and truly drive digital transformation. And that's done across a you know, what we call a seamless user experience across all devices. I think it's safe to say that many of us operate today, not just sitting in front of one device, but juggling multiple devices, being on the move. And we ensure that users can easily work from wherever they are on whatever device that they use. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. Um, I was just reading about the uh, report you guys just came out with on the future of flexible work. And I see at the heart of that is the idea that there's this uh, no one size fits all situation in terms of the remote uh, work versus office work. Uh, what's your take there? Can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think this whole concept of how, you know, if we look at what's happened to all of us on a global scale over the last year, it's, uh, I think, safe to say probably the most unique and most dynamic thing that any of us have ever been through as it relates to this concept of, of remote work. And, you know, I think back to, uh, geez, almost 25 years ago when I was with a company that uh, was actually in the modem business. And, you know, we used to talk about remote access at that time and the ability to actually dial in, you know, think about how unique that was back then. Mm -hmm. And I think where we are today is this ability for companies to be flexible with regard to their employees is, is really no longer something that is uh, just a, a benefit to provide to employees, but it's really an expectation that employees have with regard to any company that they're a part of. So we see it at Fuse that this is absolutely critical, not only to maintain competitiveness. Uh, you know, I think it's safe to say that in all these hybrid types of meeting environments that we have today, the one thing that you cannot do without is enterprise class voice. If you don't have the voice communication, you're not going to have any communications there. So ensuring that we can provide not only uh, the technology to support that, but also the culture where we have people and employees that are now demanding that they have to have the ability to have that flexible work environment, whether it's being in the office, whether it's being remote or a combination of both. Delving a little deeper into the remote side, what's your advice to partners that are selling UCAS to organizations that have a large percentage of remote workers? Um, any sort of tips that they should keep in mind as they're, they're making these sales? 
Yeah, you know, I think it uh, it really comes down to, again, because of the critical nature of, of UCAS, we're seeing an immense, and I know you're seeing just the immense amount of transformation that's happening with what has been built up over many years of on-premise telephony equipment um, and unified communications equipment that is now all moving into the cloud. Um, I cannot get out of any customer meeting without a CIO bringing up and talking about digital transformation to the cloud and applications that are moving to the cloud. And so I think for partners, having the not only the knowledge of the technology, but all of the service and support that is required to make that transformation from an on-premise type of environment into the cloud is absolutely crucial and is a topic that comes up in all of the customer conversations that I'm a part of. So let, let's dive into that a little deeper as well, uh, Chris. Uh, as cloud services continue to evolve and partners are staying abreast of changes in this technology, uh, I think, uh, what's your advice uh, for them working with customers specifically as it uh, pertains to cloud migration? Yeah, I think you really have to have a good understanding of, you know, not only the the actual UCAS type of environment, but all of the other environments that are tied to truly building out unified communications. You know, what are all the different other solutions that they have in place that tie together collaboration, really understanding the customer's environment. I think a lot of this, quite honestly, just goes back to um, how are you ultimately going to position yourself in driving true business outcomes for the customer versus just doing some kind of uh, replacement of their telephony system. So really having a good understanding of the customer, their objectives, where they're going, and ultimately being able to position how you are going to drive those outcomes to make a discernible difference in their business. Yeah, absolutely. So Chris, since you've only been on the job uh, for what, about three months or a little more now? Why don't you uh, tell partners in our audience a little bit about what that experience has been like? And, and for those who uh, don't know you that well, uh, some of your background. Yeah, it's been great. Look, I, I've been in technology way longer than I like to admit. Uh, having the great opportunity of leading sales and partner teams have spent um, many, many years in the collaboration space. It's an area that I love. Is I, I truly believe it is the great equalizer in the world. You know, having spent many years at companies, industry leading companies like Cisco, Polycom, I've had the opportunity to really see what's been an incredible transformation of, you know, how telephony has moved from what was legacy TDM systems to IP and now to the cloud. And as I mentioned uh, years ago, working for a company uh, called US Robotics in the modem world really gave me an appreciation as the onset for, you know, what remote work can uh, can really accomplish for a business and, and for the world. And uh, so it's, it's been terrific. I, you know, I think, uh, you know, as you take a look at the key reasons uh, why I've had the opportunity and why I came here, um, it really boils down to obviously the job, um, having the opportunity to lead uh, sales with a specific emphasis around partners and how we accelerate our business. The company um, felt really, really strongly about the strategy to build a true enterprise class UCAS platform and accelerate that through the partner community. And then, you know, lastly, uh, the market, you know, arguably one of the hottest and quite honestly fun technology markets in the industry. And as I said earlier, I think as COVID has shown, there are a lot of technologies that are out there. Uh, that people can live without. Collaboration is one that's absolutely critical to any business. No doubt, no doubt. Well, speaking of background, Chris, uh, you know, this is on a lighter note, but your LinkedIn page says that you are an Elvis impersonator. What is the story there? <laughs> yeah, I think I forgot to take that off. Uh, 
had a sales meeting about a year and a half ago where my team thought it would be fun to, uh, uh, we did, it was our first sales meeting in Las Vegas and, uh, they thought it'd be fun to dress me up as, uh, Elvis and, uh, do a big reveal there. Um, I can assure you not something that, uh, you want to see. And uh, I think the king is safe in, uh, you know, there in Memphis. Uh, not going to get any uh, talent coming out of here. <laughs> were, were there any uh, musical performances or did you just wear the uh, outfit? There's a lot of things I try to forget, and that's one of them. So uh, <laughs> they uh, they did their best uh, in trying to get me to uh, to do the moves like the king and uh, do some of the, uh, the singing. And uh, let's just say uh, there's a reason why I'm going to stick to my day job. <laughs> Yikes, that's Sounds traumatic. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and hey, Chris, since I've always dreamed of doing a sports podcast as well, I also saw on your page you're, you're a dookie, right? What, what did you think of uh, Coach K's uh, upcoming uh, retirement? No, oh, it's killing me. You know, it, he's somebody that not only from, you know, so he was actually, he was about five years in when I was part of the university. And yeah. at that time, the, uh, the team was just beginning their ascent to, you know, becoming a good team. And one of the things I've just gained an immense amount of respect for Coach K is not only what he has done in the world of basketball, but just his leadership principles in general and uh, how he has led that team, the U.S. Olympic team, and the many other things that he has done in the community. Just uh, somebody that's a world class and he will be well missed. I'm not sure we'll ever see someone like him in our lifetime again. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of a lot of wins racked up. That's for sure. Uh, Chris, thanks for your time today. Who, who I knew we'd be talking about UCAS today, but uh, I wasn't sure we'd be getting into Elvis and, and college basketball as well. <laughs> it's been a fun conversation. Thanks for your time. Hey, I've enjoyed it, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoyed talking to Chris there, James. Uh, Fuse really making a name for itself in UCAS. That partner first initiative he was talking about, it'll be exciting to watch Fuse here uh, the rest of 2021. Yeah, and just getting a sense of what UCAS demands are in 2021 and beyond, because we're we're kind of all trying to figure out what these moving goalposts are in, in this thing we call hybrid work. Um, right. It is kind of the buzzword of, of today, but but for good reason, and it's, it's good to hear the, some perspectives on that. Okay, James, uh, this is the part of the show I know that you have been waiting for. Hopefully, some of our loyal casties have been waiting for it as well, uh, lined up a number of well-known celebrities, not just channel celebrities, but I'm talking about celebrities from the world of entertainment <laughs> to come on and celebrate our 100th podcast with us. Are, are you ready? Are you excited? How are you feeling about this? Boy, am I excited. Are we going to get, what's the guy? Um, uh, Weird Al, is he, what about him? He's famous. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> This is your third guest now. No, we don't have Weird Al. I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if I let you kept guessing, you'd eventually probably get one of these guys. But uh, Probably. Oh, you know, Weird questions. Al, he's got, some, he's got some great parodies out there. Maybe we should hit him up to do a parody of this podcast. But uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, no. Okay. All right. All right, James. So the first celebrity guest is a huge huge name in the entertainment world. He is one of the most regarded actors, probably in our generation. Very excited to hear right now from Mr. Christopher Walken. I'll tell you, Craig and James give me a fever, and the only prescription is more podcast. Oh, um, Craig, he said that? He, Craig, he we make Christopher Walken ill with delight and demand for our content. That's 
that feels good, Craig. That feels really good. Hey, absolutely. And and hearing him sort of revisit what he did on Saturday Night Live with the more cowbell sketch, it's pretty exciting. I, I can't thank uh, Mr. Walken enough for contributing uh, to our podcast and our celebration here. That's incredible. Yeah, I just want to say, I loved your performance in Click. <laughs> yes, one of his classic films, uh, aside uh, Adam Sandler that one. <laughs> Okay, uh, we got another one lined up here. Uh, are, are you ready for this one? I'm even more excited. All right, James. So here we have another legendary actor, even, probably even bigger than Christopher Walken. And he was kind enough to do one of the voices, actually, from one of his most famous films. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Tom Hanks. Sometimes when I think back real hard, I can remember the first time I listened to Craig and James. It was the most beautiful podcast in the whole wide world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You're taking me back to my childhood, Craig. Mm, Yeah. It's like the most nostalgic. Tom Hanks took you back to your childhood with his Forrest Gump impression. Again, recognizing our podcast. I mean, it's it's we've come a long way, my friend. I didn't realize we had that sort of impact on him. Like, wow, we were like his comfort in a in a in a difficult time. That feels yes, good. indeed, yes, indeed. Uh, are you ready to continue? Because there's more. Can you believe it? There's more. Does it get bigger and better from here? I don't know how you how you can top that with your guests. Well, it's hard to beat Tom Hanks, but I'm going to give it a shot. This next one, actually, we got a, a pair here that sort of fit into the same category. As you know, and maybe our listeners know, our parent company. Uh, is Informa. And Informa is based in London. So we wanted to make sure that we reached out to some of our celebrity fans in the UK uh, to see if they would give us a a bit of a testimonial on the podcast. So we stay in the actor category here. Uh, I'm not even going to introduce him. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Are you ready for this one? Oh, yeah. Hello, my name is Michael Kai, and there's nothing better than a pot of tea while listening to coffee with Craig and James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Show the respect. I mean, oh. we're international here, my friend. I know. That that Cockney accent, uh, it just feels like home, doesn't it, Craig? It does. What a fantastic actor, Michael Caine. Uh, we can't thank him enough. So, um, man, just want to watch the world burn, Bruce. It's not. Wow. It's not. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't any better than the... Uh, Fake Michael Caine we just had. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, let's let's stay in the UK. Now, this one uh, is another legendary actor. Sadly, he passed not too long ago, but we were able to get this testimonial from him before then. So I'm, I'm just going to roll this one as well. It's, uh, oh. it's, uh, it's very exciting. Oh, Alan. This is Sir Sean Connery here coming to you from Stumwell. I listen to coffee with Craig and James at the same time. I enjoy watching Wimbledon tennis. <laughs> Not only did we get Connery, but we we got a Connery joke. <laughs> wow! I didn't I didn't know we had this kind of reach, Craig. This is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, I knew that you were going to be surprised, pleasantly surprised. Very. When I, when I brought these to you. Oh. Wow. So how'd you how'd you get these interviews, Craig? How'd you? It's been a long process. Uh, Our entire 
uh, marketing team and public relations team reached out to some of these folks. And uh, who would have thought they, they would get back to us? And most said they'd never even heard of our show, but <laughs> there you go. We got them anyway. That's amazing, Craig. Those are right. that, That's some good stuff. Yeah, it is. And it, it only, dare I say, it only gets better. I got a couple <laughs> for you. Are you ready? You're too good to me. Okay, so this one... Um, well, again, it needs no introduction. He says who he is, and we're actually delving. <laughs> we're actually delving into the the realm of Muppets here. Uh, are you ready to hear from from one of the most famous Muppets I, of all time? I love this person so much. If it's who I think it is. Okay, here we go. Hello, I'm Kermit the Frog, reporting live here from Coffee with Craig and James, and I tell you what. This is the best podcast I have ever seen in my whole life or listened to. It's as easy as being green. <laughs> Loving the podcast is as easy as being green. So what that tells me is that it's not easy loving the podcast, but he does love the podcast because we're worth it, right? Is that, wow. is that what I'm supposed to take out of that? And now, Deep Thoughts. It's not easy being green, right? It, it isn't. It's it's a lot of analysis on your your part. Um, that's the first deepest analysis I've ever heard uh, about Kermit or the Muppets as a whole. So uh, that could be. I, I don't know. Craig, did, did you know that people? A lot of people say that I remind them of Kermit. Do you, <laughs> no? Does that surprise you? Yeah, I uh, get that well, a lot. Well, what is it that? Uh, what attributes that you have remind people of Kermit? Um, I can scrunch up my face or I tend to scrunch up my face when I'm having my boundaries ignored kind of in the way that uh, Kermit does. You know how he like isn't good at saying no and then he'll like scrunch up his face because he's frustrated. I'll do that. I do that a lot. That's awesome. I haven't seen you in a while, uh, obviously, due to COVID. So uh, I'm looking forward to the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. I want to see you do that. Now that we've we've heard from Kermit, I want to see you do the uh, visual uh, impression. That would be really great. Okay. Is there more, Craig? Um, is there more? There, there are more. Uh, when we went and got the Kermit uh, interview, <laughs> or got him to do this testimonial for us, he had a buddy of his, actually, that was with him at the time. Um, and we just took advantage. Wow. There it is. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom, cookie monster must consume more Craig and James. Nom, nom, nom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as we are the cowbell to the ears of christopher walken so mm. we are the delectable crumbs to the cookie monster that's beautiful <laughs> it was nice of cookie to uh to give us a testimonial that, that's personally one of my favorites so a big thank you to him and, and again it was just luck because he, he and kermit were hanging out now miss piggy was actually had gone to market so we didn't we didn't get <laughs> <laughs> but we did get Kermit and the Cookie Monster. And I'm pretty satisfied with that. You gotta be, Craig. You gotta be. This is a solid lineup. Oh, I got one last one for you. Uh, again, this one kind of falls in between actor, human, Muppet. Uh, I'm just going to throw this one at you. Uh, one of the most beloved movie characters of all time. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Now, 
certainly recognize Chewbacca from the Star Wars movies. Point being it here is that maybe you you don't speak whatever language that is that he he speaks, but I can translate for you and yeah. tell you that that he said he loves the Coffee with Craig and James podcast. It might remind you a little bit of Digi, how it sounds like he says the same thing every time he's on, but we can actually interpret what he's saying. Yeah, uh, that's great. I don't. My Wookie is a little bit rusty lately, so I yeah. appreciate that translation. Um, Wookie, that's what it is. I, I'm not the the hugest Star Wars of file, uh, so I didn't recall that. But uh, yeah, that, that's what he was saying. Wow. Well, this is some tremendous footwork here, Craig. Very Thank solid. You. I, Thank I'm, you. I'm honestly floored at uh, these testimonials you've managed to finagle. So you should be quite proud of yourself. And as we say in the industry. <laughs> That's Wookie yeah. for you're a dang good podcast host, Craig. Is that what that was? Because it really sounded like uh, Charlie Brown's parents held for ransom in a closet. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> All right, Craig, enough of our shenanigans. What do you say we talk to our next guest? Yeah, I think we should. And, and I'll already start working on the celebrity guest testimonials for episode 200. Does that sound good to you? That's fair. That that'll keep you busy, my friend. Okay, now tell us uh, tell us all about Joyce Mullen and what we're going to be talking to her about. So Joyce Mullen is a name that needs no introduction. The North American president of Insight Enterprise, the uh, winner of the MSP 501, one with a prominent Microsoft relationship and one with a, a solid business acumen from her time at Dell, most recently stepping aside from Dell. And we are going to hear from Joyce Mullen. Sounds great, James. Quite an act to follow uh, with all those celebrity guests. But uh, I'm telling you, Joyce is up to the task. Indeed. Okay, James, my pleasure to welcome into the coffee house, Joyce Mullen. Joyce is president of Insight North America. Joyce, how are you? Just peachy, thank you. Great to be here. Glad to have you on the podcast. First things first, I got to say congratulations to Insight once again on earning the number one ranking on the Channel Features MSP 501 list. Uh, you know, just to toot our own horn and yours a little bit. So what does this accolade mean for Insight? Well, first of all, thank you all very much at Channel Futures for this incredible honor and recognition. We are really, really excited about it. You know, we are really just getting started as a really key managed service provider. We see nothing but upside in the market. You know, this is a pretty interesting time because so many customers are trying to figure out what their data can do for them and how they can transform their environments and take advantage of what that data can teach them. And it's really complicated to try to figure out how to get that done. And so we're pretty excited that through our managed service provider capabilities and leveraging our really strong client base, that we can leverage this accolade to basically say, hey, we can help. The quantity of clients that are consuming managed services is fast growing. And again, this, this really speaks to the complexity of what they're trying to do with technology. And we have a really solid platform that covers everything from on-prem to hybrid to endpoints. And we're all about making sure that every single day we wake up and deliver a best-in-class customer experience 24-7, 365. So we're pretty excited about it. So thank you very much. 
Awesome. Well, we know Insight is a, is a pretty big Microsoft partner, and, and we recently read that Insight unveiled a big security solution for Office 365 deployments. Could you talk a little bit about the relationship Insight has with Microsoft? You betcha. So Insight is, and Microsoft is such an important partner to Insight. We um, were so pleased to be their U.S. Partner of the Year last year. We were also their Global Customer Experience Partner of the Year. We've invested tons of time, energy, training time, development to earn 16 awards in the last two years. We have 18 competencies that are classified as gold and silver, which is probably not very meaningful. And we have five advanced specializations. So all that to say, we are really, really deep in into Microsoft technology. And um, and we really focus on making sure we can deliver that value to our customers. A good example of that is the security announcement that we just unveiled. And, you know, that was that is all about making our now much bigger threat surface, which we all know is true, right? Because now everybody's working from everywhere. So that means there's much bigger opportunity for the bad guys to infiltrate the network because people are working on their home networks, they're working on corporate networks, some combination of the two. And so this security offer is really about moving more security into the environments that our customers are using and making sure they're protected no matter where people are working. So M365 is a cornerstone of that. And it's really great that Microsoft has built out more capability around security and we're ready to offer it to our to our clients because security is top of mind for every CEO, every board, every CIO, of course. The bad guys are on a tear and the industry is really fragmented. So this is a great opportunity to help protect our clients a bit more. Yeah, we got to beat those bad guys. Got to gang up on them for sure. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of them though, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. That's the problem. So Joyce, your name uh, was synonymous really with Dell's channel for a number of years, uh, Dell being another uh, big partner of Insight. You were uh, a few years as the president of Global Channel there, of course. Um, maybe you can talk about the synergies between the two companies and the transition you had last year when you uh, took this job. So I loved my career at Dell. I thought I was really becoming part of the furniture there, actually, because I've been <laughs> there so, so long have great respect for the leadership and have great respect for the the focus that Dell had on the key areas that were really driving that were top of mind for customers. So, you know, the 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 areas are the same, the same as the ones I was just talking about. Um, at Dell, we focused on helping our customers drive digital transformation. At Insight, we do the same with a broader broader set of tools, a broader set of partners that we can bring to bear on those opportunities, but it's the same trend. It's the same focus. Similarly, security is very, very similar. So, and then we focused on making sure that people could work from anywhere at any time. And that's our modern workspace um, initiative that we have at Insight. And then also I had the opportunity to run our embedded and edge business at Dell. And I did that for about seven years, including the last couple of years where I ran the channel. And that's really, that started out as kind of, these are, these are smart devices that are, you know, really are everything from an industrial process automation machine to a, to a MRI machine to, you know, a, a really smart gas pump. And so that digital transformation, that notion of edge and analytics and what a smart environment can yield in terms of improved decision-making and improved customer outcomes, it's all the same stuff. So 
I feel very, I feel like the, the landscape is quite familiar. I've had the chance to meet so many new partners and understand new technologies. That's been really, really exciting. And then I'm really pleased that we at Insight have the services capability to deliver these solutions and really deliver the customer outcomes. So that's an incremental benefit. So lots of good synergy there. So the real question, Joyce, is with those smart gas pumps, can Insight lower the price? It's been pretty high lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, eventually it should, right? It should result in more efficiency and it should result in a better customer experience, but it does take some time. I like that. I like that. That's good stuff, Joyce. I'd love to get your insight on the as-a-service trends. So, you know, Dell last fall, for example, talked about rolling out as-a-service across all of its offerings, and that's top of mind for so many partners. Could you give our casties some advice on what things they might want to keep in mind as they're trying to take advantage of as-a-service opportunities? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I mean, this is really not that new of a concept, James, if you think about it, because people have been talking about IT as a utility, for example, for, I don't know, what is it, 10, 15 years, maybe a really long time. And sort of this notion that we would flip a switch and we'd have access to data and access to productivity software and, and it's just always on and you pay for it like a utility. What I think is changing is that the tools and the capabilities to actually meter and um, provision and deploy and track the usage has really gotten a lot better. And it makes tons of sense to think about some of your workloads or some of your application in an as-a-service kind of way. So we've got lots of companies out there who've set up a model and, and they're solely, solely deploying that model as a service. Salesforce.com is a great example. And then we've also started to see how that could permeate hardware and, and, and different types of applications. And so I think what's really exciting is if you're trying something new or you have a new workload or you're trying to figure out how to solve a new problem or maybe you're trying to figure out how to make whatever edge in your vertical or your company um, smart, then that's maybe a really good opportunity to figure out how to deploy an as-a-service model. You're not really sure how much you're going to use. You're not really sure of the consumption trends. You're going to test it out. So what I love about that is the flexibility, the fast provisioning, and the idea that you can get things up and running really, really quickly. And you're not trying to provision for a peak performance uh, period or, or you're not trying to make sure if you're a retailer that you have the capacity for Christmas shopping and when you only need that capacity around Christmas time, for example. So I, I love the flexibility that as a service offers and it's going gonna, it's gonna to deliver great value to our customers. It's going to help streamline costs. It's going to help alleviate resource constraints and it's going to be around for quite a while. I think the trick is, though, figuring out which applications, which workloads, what type of activities do you want to buy as a service? And, and which ones are just core to your organization and you're just thinking are really, really steady? And then you have a choice. You're going to say, hey, would I rather be out of this business altogether and pay somebody to manage it? Or am I going to manage that on-prem myself? Yeah, it really is an exciting time to be in the channel, Joyce. So many companies looking to their trusted partners for advice on, on topics like that that you just brought up. So uh, I want to talk to you um, before we let you go. Uh, Insight is going through its own uh, transition here this year with uh, President and CEO Ken Lamnick stepping aside here at the end of the year. 
I'm sure a lot of people in our audience are, are curious to know uh, what the executive team is doing to assure a smooth transition uh, to what's next. And, you know, as I like to tell some of the guests we have on the podcast, if you want to break any news, give us any any big scoop here, <laughs> uh, we, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, so, um, you know, we have a, first of all, we have a tremendous, I'm obviously a little biased, but we have a tremendously experienced and and talented management team. And and the board is very, very involved at Insight, which is a fantastic thing. It's a great board of directors. They've hired a top tier search firm. The company is really taking a very thoughtful process to evaluate internal and external candidates because, you know, Ken has been here for 11 years. He's made an incredible mark on the company. He's really set up the strategy and the portfolio that we have today through internal growth and development and also via acquisition. And those are those are big shoes to fill. So the board's being really thoughtful about this. It's a really important search. Ken has agreed to stay on and continue to work with the board to identify new candidates, but also to stay on for a transition period. So I would expect us not to not to miss a beat. And as I said, we have a really strong and experienced management team that's very engaged. And we also have an incredible team that are really all very focused on delivering great value to clients, making sure they do a great job every day. They're very invested in the culture and the values of the company and the purpose which is all about making sure we help our customers make their businesses run smarter. So I expect us to continue to execute the strategy that we outlined and provided some detail to investors a few years ago um, in 2019. We're on track with that strategy and we're going to just keep going. Joyce, thanks so much for sharing both about the industry and about Insight. And uh, on behalf of Channel Futures, enjoy the win. Thanks so much, James. It's been a pleasure. And um, we're very, very proud of that. And we really appreciate the consideration and the recognition. And hope you guys have a great day. You as well. Thanks for your time, Joyce. Well, that was solid, Craig. Joyce is, uh, as everyone knows, a heavy hitter in the channel and someone with a a story that uh, many of us can look up to. Yeah, absolutely. And a good sport to follow the uh, celebrities that we had on before, the quote-unquote celebrities. Uh, she's fun to talk to and, and one of the most knowledgeable people in the entire channel. So absolutely fantastic. All right, time to close this thing out. If you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James. Yeah, Craig, I'm a little confused about this closing music. Oh, uh, well, okay. So you know me, James. I, I like consistency. Uh, this is Silver Chair's anthem for the year 2000. Uh, you know, we've been doing songs that came out of uh, 1995 for our 95th episode. 1996 with a 96th episode and, and so on. Yeah, well, I mean, does that really work anymore? We're now at episode 100, and this is a song with 2000 in the title. And uh, I looked it up, and this actually came out in 1999. So I'm just a little bit befuddled with this selection. Yeah, I mean, do you want to be music director for this podcast? I mean, it's kind of a tough job, actually. And honestly, I, I don't think that light coffee house granola, avocado toast, millennial music you listen to is really very exciting to open and close such a dynamic podcast as this. Well, we're as a millennial, we only play the killers and the goo goo dolls. That's that's what we play as millennials. So oh, um I don't well, know about I'm this whole avocado. I, I like those bands. I actually saw the goo goo dolls in concert one time. That that almost seems Gen X to me. We can split it if you're okay with that. 
Yeah. But uh, I can tell you this, Craig, I've never had avocado toast in my life. And <laughs> the idea of it actually makes me feel sick to my stomach. I, I hear you. I hear you. All right, if you'd like to check out the archive, as I was saying, of Coffee with Craig and James, you can go pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, we always like it if you check it out on our website, channelfeatures.com. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time for episode 101. May the force be with you. Scooby? Never knew